Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, uh, episode 406. Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to be followed by the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, here in about two hours. Uh, we're going solo, but we have a great guest on today uh, in the Mike and I-5 huddle. We're going to have Mishana Brooks of the La Muerte de las Cruces of the 2021 uh, WNFC. We're talking to her about the 2022 season, plus everything that happened in 2021 for La Muerte in terms of trying to get to the playoffs and that and all. So we'll dive into that. We're also going to dive into uh, recapping the 2021 college football bowls and previewing the college football national championship, which was basically Georgia-Alabama rematch, which we all expected. Uh, Holly Custis talked about it. Terry Lister talked about it in a previous podcast. So everything pretty much as planned for the finale that's going to happen here on uh, coming up here in another week. So we'll dive into it in a couple minutes here. We're also going to dive into the women's international news from the hub, uh, and we're going to kind of we'll go over the WNFC 2022 schedule, which was released this week. So if you were at the hub at facebook.com forward slash you would have known right there, release schedule already for all the participant teams, all the franchises, including the Legends, LA Legends franchise, including that. So we're going to kind of dive into kind of a preview uh, next week and the week after we'll have Mark Simone in here. We're going to kind of dive in uh, exclusively into each team's schedule and kind of like break down in terms of what the scenarios will be. We're also going to dive into hopefully the women's football Alliance schedule, which is scheduled to release in, I believe, middle of February, if not uh, first week of March. So we'll dive into division one, division two and division three and the top five teams in those, in those divisions kind of look at their schedule and see what they're going to do in terms of making a return to Canton in, in terms of the uh, finals championship. So a lot of uh, anticipation happening now for the WFA and the WNFC seasons to come here, including the anticipation of the Team USA national tryouts. Uh, we'll, hopefully we'll get news here in about 60 days and figure out what's going to happen. I know Canada, Australia, uh, all the Euro teams, including uh, Mexico, uh, already starting to try to finalize their rosters by mid-March from uh, my connections with all the teams in Europe, including all the, the both teams here in North America. So we're anticipating that Team USA will also finalize their roster by uh, first week of April uh, and figure out who's going to be on the roster so that they can everybody can get their flights and all their ticket stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll get official word, obviously, from Callie Branson's team and Team USA uh, in terms of, you know, what the timelines are going to be and where the tryouts are going to happen. Uh, I know for messages at the hub, there's a lot of WFA players, WNFC players, and every other league in the, in the United States uh, anticipating uh, to make the roster for Team USA uh, anticipation for the Vonta uh, IFAB World Championship. So interesting, interesting. So don't forget, guys, follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty, you get the latest updates on women's American football plus NFL's content right there at Gridiron Beauty on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our Apple podcasts. You can subscribe on any other platform as well, but Apple is a pri- primarily our best platform that we're on right now. So really appreciate you guys subscribing on Apple. 
uh, download over 400 episodes. That's 10 years worth of episodes. Uh, so go right there at the hub. You got the link right there. If not, there's a link right there on our promo reel. Subscribe to Apple uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and iHeart. Uh, don't forget sign up to Monkey Nine Five during the 2021 NFL season, which is one week left. Plus, we have NBA Nightly, so you can actually play that as well. Use the code NJF to get started. Get a $5 free play up to a $100 match. Uh, so go to monkeyknifefight.com. Use the code NJF to get started. And if you're inclined to go to Zazzle uh, at the No Joke Football Shop, uh, up to 25% off shirts, leggings, and gifts. Use the daily codes daily. If it's uh, uh, higher than 25%, obviously use that. Go to Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Kind of excited. Uh, we announced on our uh, No Joke Football brand, uh, the talented MVP of Division II, that was Sarah Colangelo of the Nevada Storm. So that's our new athletes to come, and we have a couple more athletes to announce within the next 90 days. And then we're going to get rolling, obviously, into the season. Uh, thank to everybody that is on the brand, uh, athletes, uh, for supporting us and for helping us out to bring attention to women's tackle football on our platform. So appreciate that. So let's get into it right here. Uh, let me get my notes here. We're going to get into it because, obviously, college football, big deal, especially right now with everything that's happening. Uh, the, the rundown is huge um, in terms of the anticipation for this national championship. We all knew that this was going to be uh, somewhat of the final. Uh, anticipation was right there even back in November. We said, uh, you know, middle December and November. So this is no surprise at all in terms of the bowl season. So it's probably, you know, the, uh, you know, common sense thing to say, oh, wow, uh, you know, Alabama and Georgia in the final. Oh, wow. No, nobody's shocked. Uh, we were shocked at the way Michigan played out. So that was one of the big deals uh, situations there. The, the fact that Michigan did not compete as we thought they would against Georgia, kind of a big letdown. And that was huge. Um, you know, the 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 Bulldogs crushing Michigan 34 to 11 on New Year's Eve in the Orange Bowl that right there was just surprising the the fact that they came out and just just literally took it to Michigan just says a lot about Georgia i mean they knew uh when they lost the game against Alabama they knew that this is what they got to do they got to step up this is their rematch and it's a rematch that is vital for both programs, but you know, for for Michigan, the year was somewhat okay, and then in the middle of the, the middle of the year, then they kind of elevated their game, and then going towards the end there. But o- overall, they didn't have such a bad season because they did make a bowl appearance in the top four. So that's you know obviously impressive. But Georgia marched 80 yards on its first possession of the game, and they never stopped in the opening 30 minutes. So the first team in college football history to score points on its first five drives. So somewhat embarrassing for Michigan, considering how they had played previously in the previous matchup. Well, that didn't make for an exciting game. It at least allowed you know neutral parties to get on their holiday plans, of course. But after Georgia took a 7-0 to lead, uh, the Michigan offense responded well. They drove into the Georgia territory. Unfortunately for Michigan, a pass from Cade McNara to Eric Al on fourth down was all fingertips, and it resulted in a turnover on downs. And a few plays later, Georgia's Kenny McIntosh took a handoff on a sweep and surprised nearly everyone at the stadium when he pulled up 
and tossed an early touchdown pass to uh, Adoni Mitchell. So from there, the route was on. Michigan had no prayers at this point. It, it was basically turnover on four straight possessions, two interceptions, a fumble, uh, once on downs in the second and third quarters to immediately destroy any momentum it was attempting to build. So Georgia, the Bulldogs, nearly weren't nearly as wasteful with opportunities, and they look a lot more like the team we saw during the regular season than the one that, that lost to Alabama in the SEC title game a few weeks ago. So some of the takeaways, uh, obviously, are those. And the nobody's surprised here. The, the, the issue will be we talked about Georgia defense being a prime defense. The issue will be will that Georgia defense show up, okay, against Alabama? Because Alabama – they rolled through number four Cincinnati, and that was not a surprise. We all expected Alabama to come in and just terrorize uh, Cincinnati. And I'll give credit to Cincinnati for having a great year. Give credit to Cincinnati for stepping in and breaking that, you know, the bias that is the SEC bias in the top four. So, but, you know, Alabama uh, record 204 yards on 26 carries to deliver the Cotton Bowl, and their sixth appearance in the College Football National Championship. So Heisman Trophy goes to, as we had talked about previously, uh, Bryce Young threw for just 181 yards against Cincinnati's elite defense, and that was a good defense. Cincinnati showed up, but, uh, you know, it just just goes to show that Cincinnati's got a, a little bit to go in terms of being relevant. It's a good program. They're able to, you know, keep tabs with it. Unfortunately, they're not able – they're not at the level of Alabama. Let's just say – let's just be clear on that, okay? So the tie did put together an 11-play 11, 11 scoring drive featuring 10 rushes on their first possession to set the tone for the game, and the Bearcats managed to get into the red zone three times, but they settled for field goals twice against, obviously, the best team in college football history. So Cincinnati managed to compile 72 yards in the first half, the fewest in any half in the history of the college football playoff. Uh, the Bearcats played better in the second half, but still averaged just 3.8 yards per play. Uh, quarterback Riddler struggled mildly, completing just 17 of 32 for uh, 144 yards. Running back Jerome Ford had 77 yards, but only had 15 rushes in the game. So the Crimson Tide now has won all six matchups against Cincinnati in their combined history through the teams that have not played since 1990. Uh, the Roll Tide await either number, well, at this point, it's Georgia in the national championship on January 10th. So this is uh, what it boils down to now. So, you know, we talk about all the other bowl games that happen. Um, Unfortunately, this is what it boils down to tonight at uh, tonight. It's going to be, I believe one more bowl game uh, LSU against uh, Kansas state Wildcats. So if you're watching that, that's pretty much just, just for, you know, just for football fanatics, as they say, just a matter of like just diving into football, but the champ- the national championship is set. Uh, Cincinnati falls, Michigan falls, and so we have the rematch that everybody anticipated will have. It the question is, can the Georgia Bulldogs step up to the plate and successfully make this season one of the most memorable seasons in their history? They will have to take down rival, okay, their biggest rival. And this is one for the ages. This is what people were expecting to see. This is what we wanted to see. We were anticipating, obviously, that Cincinnati would play better. We anticipated that, you know, they would upset 
Alabama, which was not going to happen. I mean, not going to happen. And we also anticipated Michigan to play better coming against Georgia, but the reality was the Georgia defense was way better than anything that Michigan had faced all year. So it boils down to the fact that these are the facts. The two best teams in college football, based on the college football rankings, are here, and they will meet and class one more time for a championship. So betting lines have Alabama as the top favorite, of course. Uh, if you're in Vegas and you want to take a gamble at maybe Georgia making an upset, you're going to make a lot of money. That's all i got to tell you right now. You'll make a lot of money if somehow Georgia pulls this win off against Alabama. You know, you're going to be pretty much set for life if you're putting up a big money, you know, mortgaging, mortgaging the mortgage, as they say. So that's a, the key factor there. So, um, so Georgia versus Alabama in the uh, college football national championship. So no surprise there, and that's what we're going to get. So really, really awesome. So um, if you guys missed it, we got some articles over at the Hub. So you guys can take, take a look at, at the Hub. We also got some stuff over on Twitter. So you can take advantage of that as well. And uh, don't forget, you know, just we're going to be covering it. Obviously, next week on the, on the, uh, on the next podcast, we're going to break it down as well. We've got a couple games that we can go over uh, after the um, interview here with uh, Roshana Brooks of the La Muerte. And we're also going to dive into this Antonio Brown stuff in the second hour with Mackenzie Brooks and the last 30 minutes of the podcast. So kind of uh, weird thing that happened there in terms of the Jets and the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Buccaneers eventually pull it off late. And Antonio Brown just continues to be one of those, uh, you know, distractions. And so uh, we don't know what's going on with him at this point, but uh, per Coach Arians, Antonio Brown is no longer a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as of Sunday. So, you know, that's, uh, that's what happened there in terms of Antonio Brown and his uh, situation there. So we'll, we'll dive into McKenzie and get her thoughts and figure out what's going on here. So let's go, let's go right into the Monkey Knife Fight Huddle, and we're going to be talking to the talented uh, athlete, which is Roshana Brooks of the WNFC La Muerte is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, don't forget to go to Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, use the code NJF to get started. $5 free play, especially right now with the NBA going on still. Uh, the NFL finishing up, so check it out. Monkey Knife Fight NJF is your code. All right, Lashana Brooks, what's going on? Hey, man, what's going on with you? What's going on? I'm still breathing. That's a good sign, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good sign for everybody to still be breathing. That's good. How you doing? I'm doing great. I uh, just wanted to bring you on to kind of recap this La Muerte season. I had uh, your, your buddy, Frenchie, uh, Laurie Gillis, yes, uh, last podcast. So she was telling us about, you know, how the season had gone. But uh, are you anticipating uh, to be on a different team this year, roster-wise, or are you going to Denver, too, as an example? Um, no, actually, I, 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 it's still up in the air for me. Um, now that the, the team we're playing on is no longer a team, um, I'm, I'm still trying to be like up in the air about what, what, what team I may join. Uh, I've been, I was also even considering even maybe just taking a year off to try to regroup and like get really trained up and, uh, 
you know, do a whole a whole year training. I got like a whole like New Year resolution thing going on. I've actually started working out uh, with a guy, uh, a, fr- a friend, a good friend of ours that's just doing a project. Uh, we call it Project 365, and like just a mm-hmm. whole year of just bettering yourself and bettering everything. So I until I figure out the team, I kind of might, I think I might just you know just take it take it as it is, and then the following year, like, be ready to go and then, you know, play again and, and, and then be ready then. Well, you know, you get bumps and bruises, and it's nice to take a year off, especially to kind of recover and everything. So uh, that's a good yeah. thing, right? And then given everything that's going on with this COVID stuff, you always want to be able to, like, you know, uh, get your immune system up and, and up and running. And what better way to do it with uh, physical fitness, right? Trying to get as, as much as possible. Um Rosanna Brooks, did you by any chance have any a, a memorable moment with La Muerte from last season? I know you guys went up against the Falcons, took care of Denver in the first game. That sort of took away their playoff hopes technically in the in the beginning of the game, I mean the, the first week of the game. Uh, so anything that stands out for you from last year in terms of uh, up against some rivals or competition? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, first year in the WNFC, and, um, you know, I – was like extremely blown away with just with you know with 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 Odessa and and what what she what she brings to the table and what they what she was able to bring to the table and then just everyone else around us so visiting the Falcons and visiting Texas especially like was just an eye opener because they like embraced the whole brand and, and just you know it, it's being in the WNC is like a lifestyle, like, and they embraced it. And you know what? When we were there, they treated us with the utmost respect and just was most welcoming. And they just, it made me feel like an actual professional. And I think the most memorable moment, you know, playing this year was that, you know, I had, I have already known a few of the girls on the team already and then just playing with a few of my uh, AFC um uh, USA uh, uh, or All Stars, USA All Stars sisters, and bringing them along and bringing us all together, playing on this team was the most. And we had a we had a good camaraderie and we, we de- developed a real good bond and in going into the WNFC. So that was memorable because we made moments and memories together along the ride. Um, Shana, you guys had a makeshift, uh, you know, outcast or if you want to call it, uh, you know, a, a team certain players that came from a different states just to come to the team to play. Yes. So it was kind of interesting to have, you know, uh, the players from Mexico, the players from different states that just migrated to your team. Uh, so it kind of made it interesting to see the uh, La Muerte as kind of like a misfits type team, right? Where everything just kind of worked together yes. a little bit um, in that sense. Absolutely. So there's a lot of sacrifices during the season, of course, to get there. But what, right. do you, what, what did you, you know, what did you see with all that, all those changes? Oh, with all those changes, even you know, even with the Mexico girls, the, the it, it was it was uh, it, it was it was interesting and fun and challenging all at the same time because there was language barriers, there was like, just different football languages from different states, and learning you know learning each other, learning the ways, and then learning football together. And, you know, what they've learned, what we've learned, trying to implement what they know, what we already know, all together. And it was it was a learning curve throughout the season. I think we all kind of taught each other along the way 
like how to just work with each other, playing the game of football. But it be, it created a strong bond just because now, like with the Mexico girls, with you know girls like Frenchie and um, you know and and Desiree and and different different kind of people coming from everywhere to girl. It was it was a miss. It was a misfit, but it was a fun misfit because we we got to learn together along the way. And I think, you know, no one expected us to kind of like put it all together and actually go as far as we did. You know, it was a little bit scary in the beginning, but then, you know, learning each other and just really developing like a family environment and trusting each other made it worth the while. Pashana, you guys face the Falcons. Uh, uh, Coach Rasmussen's always on point. You got veterans on that team. Uh, pretty solid number two ranked team in in, in the WNFC. Uh, so going into that battle, what was your you know your anticipation in the locker room? You're going up against probably one of the elite teams, number two team in the whole league. Wow, um, and you said it best because you know when I saw the schedule and I saw that we had to play Utah and Texas. I mean, you know, no, you know, nothing against any other other teams. They were all competitors. We're all competitors, but definitely Utah and Texas. And then going up and against Utah, I, my my mindset going in there was like, already knew, well trained, well coached. You know, Coach Raz is he's a he's a, he's a good guy. He's, a, he's actually a, you know he's like a father figure to me. Um, and you know, going against them. All I could say or even just say to my team, you know, going into it was just do put it all out there and just do as best that we can. Because I knew, you know, it, 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 either way, we wouldn't go back down. We were going to show up, you know, knowing that they were, you know, a good team, a really well-trained, well-coached team, well-disciplined team. And I'm just like, we just got to we gotta do whatever we can do and just lay it there all on the line. You know, if anything, we put our hearts out there and played as hard as we could. And, you know, going against that team, it, it's kind of hard to, like, just, you know, just be like, okay, well, we're going to come in here and we're going we're gonna to show them, you know. But we, we, we did what we could. I, I think we did in, in, in the short amount of people that we had. So um, I will do it again with those group of ladies just because they put their hearts out there going against a team you know was going to just, you know, you know, really just, just, just give it their all and then just, uh, you know, show it how it's done. And, you know, with that, with the Utah, credit to the Utah Falcons, man, Coach Raz and all the coaching staff like this, you know, you play for against a team, you want to play against a team, you know, championship caliber and always want to, you know, you know get, you get better by playing against the better team. Now, you know, it's interesting you say that because a lot of the times, uh, when you're a, an athlete, right, you want to be challenged at the highest level. And I think you guys were, you know, when you look at the schedule, you're like, okay, they get the champions and the co-champions all in one season. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I mean? It's like on the map already, you're on the chopping block, as they say, you know. So it's kind of like man up is what you need. And, and when you go up against Texas, man, that front line is all beef. That is no joke right there against Texas. That's just beef upon beef. So it's like they're, they, they, they have no give. Right and and absolutely and when we we had to play them back to back, so I was like, yeah. you know, in my mind, in my mind, I was like, wait, like you said, champion and co-champion, and in my mind, all I could really think of was just like, man, just let us last, <laughs> just let us last <laughs> through this game because you know they are beefed up, you know, and the Utah line front line too, you know, they're beefed up too. They're, I was like, man, they are just. 
you know, and then, you know, a lot of them I, I you know, I've known over the years. Uh, I played four years now, and I've known, you know, I know a, a lot of them personally, and, you know, some of them just playing across from each other and, and just, you know, in the football world. But all I could do and all I could just tell my team, I'm like, listen, they put on cleats just like us. You know, they breathe, you know, the same air we do. So, you know, just try to think of it like that and just keep going. And then, you know, of course, like, I love the challenge. We love the challenge. I'm glad we went against Texas and Utah. It was something I've never done before, going to get something so, you know, so so disciplined, so well-trained, so well-coached. So it was great to have the experience. I mean, the butt whooping didn't hurt, so it hurt real bad. But, you know, I was proud that we – you know, we, we held our chins high, and we just, we played through. And I can't, I'm never mad about a team that just, we, we didn't lay down. We, 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 we hung in there. And I'm, I'm, I'll march with a team like that anytime. It was interesting to see the reaction, because you got Destiny Jerbro, just a beast out there, and you got Gina Magana, just in a, so elusive, right? So you went up hey, against man. probably two of the best running backs, and then you're going up against two of the best quarterbacks probably in the history of the sport, which is uh, Louise Bean and Brittany Bushman. So, you know, hats off to you guys for just, you know, like you said, being competitive and staying and, and just kind of learning from that process. Absolutely. Thanks, man. And, yeah, and they are the best. Like, it's Brittany Bushman and, and Gina Magana. Like, I, it's crazy because she's so elusive, and I, I, I'm in that way. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same way. I didn't get a chance to show those skills against Utah and, and, and Texas. They, they zeroed in on me real quick. They were like, yeah, no, Slim's not going nowhere. So <laughs> they shut it down. They shut it down real quick. They, and, you know, and that's good. That's just a good scouting report. You know, Coach Raz knows me, and, you know, O.J., you know, O.J. knew, too. And everybody, you know, that, that was a good team. Good team could do good scouting reports. And going against those girls, it was – and it was hard to contain. Pe- people like Gina and, you know, people like Deja Green and, and even on our offense and going against their defense, you know, on, on the defensive end. you got Holly Custis out there. And I'm and every time I see her, I'm like, oh, 52 there. And I'm like, oh, no, get away from her. So – it's, it's great. The challenge was great. It was scary, but it was fun, and it was really just, you know, on a drilling rush all at the same time. But that's the game of football. You know, you're going to have challenges. You know, you step up to the plate and do what you can, or, you know, or you lay down. And I'm like, well, I was not about to lay down, and I was trying to tell my team, don't lay down. You know, we lace up just like they do. But they're, they're really great teams, really great you know, really great, really great coaching and just, you know, great staff. And, you know, you would love to always play against, the, you know, play against competition like that. Now, uh, Roshana, the, the West take away from the East, but I've always made a point to make a point of the West was a dogfight all the way around. I mean, you had your, you facing the, you know, the champs and the co-champs, San Diego going through, you know, uh, Las Vegas going through uh, the Falcons. I mean, it's, it, it's literally – Every game matters, and I think that's what the interesting part about this whole league is that they're trying to get to that level where the parity is right there, almost to an NFL mentality, which every game matters. You just can't walk in and go, okay, if we lose, we're no big deal, right? No, it's like literally a, such a short season that every game has to matter, right? 
Absolutely, I agree. When I when I first looked at the schedule and then I saw who were playing and then you know, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm not just you know a football player too. I actually do my own scouting report. I I do a lot of mm-hmm. film watching. Anybody knows me, I tell you, man. Sean is always watching film, and going against you know seeing the West. I nothing against the East, but the the West was definitely a battlefield. Every game counts. You had to show up at every game. I mean, even the first game that we played, I I knew Denver was was just going to come in there and just like. They were going to give us a dogfight, and you want that, you know, because it makes you better. It makes the competition better, and absolutely, you know, absolutely you want to get it to that NFL competitive level. Absolutely. It's how we learn the game. It's how we grow the game, you know, and the game keeps getting better, so you have to get better. But the West, definitely. San Diego is a great team, too. So is the Las Vegas team. I When I kept watching, like, man, who are these girls? they they're coming out of nowhere just, you know, putting up amazing stats and just amazing games and just watching the film. And I'm like, wow, like, there's, it's it's a game game. Like, it's not, it's not the first game jitters. You got to get that out the way. It's already here. You got to go the first jump. Yeah, and I think that's the key right there is that uh, the West really had more of a test mentality than anything. I mean, the surprising uh, surprise was that you had Vegas kind of with a turnaround after two years. And now, you know, you had a little bit better leadership. You had uh, scouting, uh, Coach Dion Lee. Uh, there's differences, you know. So coaching matters in that sense. And you got Denver obviously licking their chops now. I mean, uh, they missed out on a playoff form. So uh, La Muerte not coming into this season, obviously that's going to be kind of a kind of a letdown in a lot of ways because we we're, were anticipating obviously this team was going to get better in this year. But uh, I guess, you know, you'll have to revamp and reset, as they say in, in football. And that happens every season. So it's, we're no surprise that – Somebody's not going to come back. But uh, what do you think of the, the sport in general? We got the, uh, the World Championships coming up here in July. Uh, are you willing to go into that USC, USA team roster, considering you're not going to play for a team right now, and rev up for that to represent the country? Is that even on your bucket list, as they say? Yeah. Um, as far as the sport uh, going, um, you know, I, I – I, I'm just glad that, you know, you know, myself and a few other women are just being a pioneer of the sport. I mean, I've never done probably anything that where I was like, man, I'm actually a part of something great, part of something bigger than myself, and then just something in the world. I mean, much like the WNBA is how it started, you know, we're doing the same thing. And just to be a part of it and, and that it continues to just, you know, shine through a platform, it's, it's a blessing in all of itself. So, I'm proud of where it's going and where it's moving to, and I'm I'm sure that it's going to get even bigger. Um, as far as USA, uh, it was pitched to me. Um, I'm trying to see if I, I could go. I know um, I was reading up a little bit on it, and it's like three weeks out. Um, man, it's kind of tough to get around when you got, like, a work schedule and kids. But, no, it hurts. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I am considering it. I mean, I'm, I'm actually trying to get trained, trained up and, you know, to, to go and, you know, that way I can be ready to go. It's definitely a great opportunity. I would love to be a part of it. You know, that's, that's something, you know, all, definitely on a bucket list to do. Um, I am considering it, and if God willing, if the schedule allows me, then I'll definitely go. Absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a great honor, right, to represent the country. Absolutely. Put uh, yourself on the map as one of the elite uh, players in in the world, basically, because you're going up against the Europeans, the Australians, uh, everybody in North America. 
and, and to be on that roster, it's kind of an honor, right, to just have your name on that roster as one of the one of the players on the roster. So it's really awesome. Absolutely, I would I would love to have my name on that roster. It'll bring joy to my heart just because it's 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 a it's like a you know, it's almost like NFL. You know, you you put your name on the roster, you're you're the real deal now. And that's what that, you know, that Team USA brings, representing the flag, representing the country. You know, and just going against other countries, showing what you can do. And, and absolutely, you know, the red, white, and blue. You definitely want to roll with that and just you know show show the world. You know, and, I, and even before Australia and all the other countries, you want to show the world what women's football can do. And what better way to do that? didn't have the American flag behind you. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. Uh, it's going to be in Finland, uh, where originally it was slated for. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I know the European teams, from talking to a lot of the players, they're giddy. They want to be able to represent. Uh, Canada, of all teams, is really ready to revved up. I know the Mexicans are ready to go. Um, I'm talking to their coach on there, and they're already doing their finalization. So it's kind of exciting uh, to have the World Championships. We were supposed to have them two years ago. Now it's a, a lot more, you know, to get ready for. So uh, both, you know, both leagues in the, in the States represent a lot of top talent. So the WFA, including the WNFC. So there's a lot of uh, talent pulled to pull from and hopefully, you know, put, put the roster together. You're going to see elite athletes on that roster once it's finalized and, and just like any, anything else in the other years. But uh, this year, I think of, of anything, um, given the, the COVID year off, I think a lot of players got better in terms of the positioning and, and uh, you know, the fitness and stuff like that. So, uh, it's going to be uh, kind of nice to see what the roster will, you know, will be once it's set up. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you on there, Rashana. I mean, it's like it's, it should be a, a great opportunity, especially if you're taking the year off. I mean, just to focus on making the roster—that's that's, that's a, what do they call that? A labor in itself, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and, 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 you know, a lot of times, you know, all the coaches, they tell you all year, you know, you, you need to, even in your offseason, be training. But to me, like to have, you know, good chemistry on any team or even just be good at what you do, you have to not just take the off season off. You have to be working. You have to make it a lifestyle. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I, you know, I work, but every morning at 4.15 a.m., I'm up, and then I'm in the gym at 5 every day except Sundays. On Sundays I work. But Monday through Saturday I'm in the gym, and I'm not there no days off. And to to represent the flag or just any team, you know, you have to do that. And to, to, to uh, you know, and if you want to bring the gold home, you know, you got you to gotta work. You got you to gotta get up and get, get those reps in and get working out and get going. And I'm, I, I will take this year to do that. You know, and then be a better self, a better me, and then just continue to continue to get better. All right, the schedule that came out—you were part of it last year, and we just talked about how crucial it is. It's a six-game schedule right now. It's—it is literally do or die every game. So uh, I'm giddy for this. Yes. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I didn't hear you in the last part. I said uh, I'm giddy for this, given it's a six-game schedule. It's it's you know it's do or die, so it's it's gonna be interesting. Oh, absolutely, yes, absolutely. From the jump, I mean, from the first when you put your cleats on, those lights come on, and that 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 ref that referee blows that whistle, you got to be ready right from the jump, and you have to establish, you know. From the start, what kind of game you're gonna have, and you got to show up ready, and you got to put the foot on your neck, and don't let up. And it's even more crucial. Normally, we have an eight, eight game slate like we traditionally have, and you got a, you know two playoff games. 
basically we have an eight-game setup here, and but nearly six games. So every week is going to be literally do or die, and I, I think that's the the attitude that the league wants to have, right? High elite, you got to get in, you got to make the mark, uh, otherwise you're going to be left on the, uh, behind. So last year, I think everybody's shooting to be top five. This year, I think everybody's shooting to be in in that conversation just for the playoffs. If you're in the bottom of the of the barrel, so um, it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, another thing, uh, Roshana, did you you know? Live stream all games. That's never happened, and I think this is going to happen in another year coming up here. So uh, interesting to see that. You'll get to watch it on the couch this year. Unfortunately, not on the field, but uh, it's going to be nice. Absolutely, um, and to, to be be able to watch it uh, live stream every game. I mean, that's awesome. Um, I can't tell you like. I can't tell you the stresses behind just like you know trying to get someone to watch the game. They're like, well, was it live stream or was it when it when? And I'm like, so to have it all year on every game, absolutely. And that's just that's just you know big ups to you know the 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 organization on getting that because that and that shows where the growth going. So it's you know to get more uh, exposure and then to watch the do or die games live each time. Oh, yeah, it's it's getting better, and I, I can't wait to watch it. You know, I'm going to be rooting a lot of my friends on, you know, that are playing, you know, in, in Denver and a couple of the teams, and, you know, and then I'm going to be back. I'll be back. After my year, I'm going to be back, and I'm going to be ready to go to roll with them. Yeah, it's going to be nice. Um, what do you think of the format, the playoff format? I think it's nice to have that soccer format, you know, where you have a tournament in one location, Everybody knows where it's going to be at, at the beginning of the year, so you can plan your travel and your costs. Um, I really think that makes a big difference at the beginning. So, you know, the, the playoff format, East-West playoff, and then you got the, you know, the culmination of the championship in Frisco, uh, Texas, um, which is really nice. So I think the, the, the WNFT playoff format has worked really well so far for them and something that should be a staple standard. I, I think it really helps the teams in general. It also helps the athletes in terms of cost to get ready if, if you're going to be part of the, one of those teams that makes the playoffs. Absolutely, I agree. I'm glad they actually put the format like that. It, it does help, uh, the, especially the athlete out himself, just because you know, a lot of times you're trying to figure out, well, how am I going to plan this, the, the travel and the cost and everything? So I'm glad they did it that way. It, and, in, and to have it in the, you know, the locations that they are, Absolutely, it makes it. Uh, I think it even, you know, makes it for the, for the league itself uh, less stressful for them. That way, they can manage it better. So, uh, big ups to the organization for doing that. I I love the platform and to get all that action all at once. That's awesome. That's that's great, and I can't I can't wait to sit back and watch it. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see that. Um, a lot of your teammates are on Denver, uh, which is your rival team from last year. But now, uh, you know, I hear from Denver and all the, everybody on that roster, uh, the influx of a couple players from your squad, uh, they're just going to add to the fact that I think this Denver team is going to be a, a, a you know, team to reckon with in the West this year. Absolutely, absolutely. I spoke to a, a couple of my teammates that have joined, and they're, they're looking to stack up. They're looking to get – listen, they know the competition. They know what's out there between – you know, Texas and Utah, and you got the Las Vegas and San Diego. They know what's out there. So they're, they're you know, they're trying to get beefed up, and I see them working out, and I don't blame them. Like, you know, you, you 
we we want this type of competition. You want to go against those teams. You want to go and show what you can do. And Denver's been recruiting, and they've got their recruitment. They're still recruiting their thing. And you know, if if they haven't closed the roster already, but you know, and you you want that. And, you know, and I'm I'm rooting for those girls. You know, I I want them to have that. You know, because they get you know going against teams like. You know, Texas and Utah brings the best out of everybody. It makes you makes you come for them. You know, so and that's great. I think it's great for the athlete, it's great for the organization, and it's great for the fans. Absolutely. Now Denver is going to knock uh, start off and kick off against the uh, Falcons. So that's the biggest test so far from last year too. But just to jump into Utah first game out, I mean that will, that is what they work they're working for now since they already know who the opponent is. Um, so it's going to be a big challenge for them, Gina Magana and uh, Luis Bean and that, that uh, Falcon defense. So now with the, uh, inf- you know, influxion of players to Denver, I'm pretty sure they already know that's a challenge. Absolutely. That's going to be a great game, and it's going to set the tone, you know, once kickoff starts. And you'll know then. And I expect a lot of, you know, a lot of giddy out of them and a lot of just grit, you know, coming Coming, coming there because everyone knows Utah's offense in a sense, you know. But you know, and, and Coach Rick, he don't really change it up. But you know, it, it's been working for years, and that's because they have the timing down. They got, they 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 train. Then everyone knows their assignments. And but you know, if you know, don't fix what ain't broken. So going Denver going against that, you know, going against playing against that triple option or going against that, you know, that offense he runs. It's going to be great, and I would love to see, you know, all the players that they have going against, run against Coach, you know, against that, against that Utah offense. All right, so you got your Dan, uh, your Denver Bandit gear on order now? Is that right? So you're a Denver Bandit for 2022? I know, absolutely. I, actually, I got to get some. I was noticing, and, you know, um, people saying, you know, I, I, a couple of my friends that um, had it, and I'm like, man, I need to go get the gear because I need to go get – uh, the numbers. I plan on getting like all the numbers too. Actually, I want to get like a create a shirt and put like all the numbers and put like some Denver band. I don't know. How to, I'm gonna have to hit up the coach and ask him can he put something together for me. That would be nice. Um, that logo is so cool. I, I think that's one of the best. You know, one of the more unique logos in the league. You know, that Bandit logo. I think it, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool logo. So you know, for yeah. the design and all. I agree. I actually love. I actually love the colors too. I was like, man, when we play against them, man, those colors look. Yeah, they look saucy. I, I like them, you know. But uh, I definitely like the logo. It's pretty cool. I like it too. All right. Um, so, are you keeping tabs on this uh, NFL playoffs or anything like that uh, in terms of your team? Who's your I'm, team? Uh, my team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm originally from Tampa, Florida, so I'm a diehard fan. Um, you know, I heard you mention something about Antonio Brown, and I was just like, you know, it's crazy because I was rooting for him, but I don't know. I it, It's like giving him chance after chance after chance. But I do know, you know, you know, we all go through things, and, you know, just mix, just because you're an NFL player doesn't ignore the fact, you know, you have money, doesn't ignore the fact that we all have problems. Now, I do think, you know, he obviously has something going on with them and everything like that, but, you know, that's still, you have to, you know, hold yourself accountable. But as far as playoffs, I am a Bucks fan, and you know, even even with all that, I'm riding my Bucks out. Got to. Now this Sunday was kind of <laughs> edge of your seat even before the <laughs> Brown incident. 
I mean, nobody thought the Jets would come in and just kind of like take it to you, right? I was kind of surprised. Exactly. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I had them like, I had them, I mean, I had them at least 28 to like 10, and I was us winning. I did not expect that whole coming back and winning thing. That just shows you the greatness of Tom Brady and what he inspires, you know, and what he truly brings to the table, inspiring those young guys, you know, and, you know, and, and Cyril Grayson and, and all those around him because even with all the other, you know, you know, obstacles that have come, you know, Tom Brady's way. It's been crazy. And honestly, it's it's been a crazy year for him. I think for all the teams because I think the, uh, sometimes I think the, the team who's going to win it is the person who's not on the COVID list or the injury list. It's been crazy in terms of scheduling because of the shifting of the rosters. And I, I think this whole COVID thing is somewhat uh, has to be re reconsidered. Uh, because if you're going to do like a negative test before the game, then that should be fine. But they're really putting this whole protocol about six, ten days out and everything else. So, I mean, we don't know exactly how it affects everybody, of course, because some people recover in a shorter period of time and other people do not. So it really just, you know, you, you really can't set a guideline, I guess, in, in a lot of ways because it's, it's not kind of a standard guideline. Um, so you have to kind of play it by ear, and that's what hurts a lot of the teams, right? So, if you know, your whole offensive line's gone. <laughs> what do you use to substitute? <laughs> You're not going to be doing really well. Yeah, no, I agree with you uh, totally, man, because, you know, it's it really – they definitely have to revamp that COVID protocol because it definitely just destroys the schedule and destroys the, the play of the game. Like, And there are teams winning – and you're like, wait, how did they win? Well, it's because they didn't have their star player, and it's it's definitely, and it's it's really just all out of whack. It, it's it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's throwing off um, Vegas wins right now in, in your in your you know in your fantasy football and stuff. So it's it definitely needs to be revamped. It's it's. it's I was it's, not it's, a happy camper with uh, Brown pulling a stunt because I had him on my uh, on my Fanduel and my DK lineups, and I'm thinking he's going to get me like 15, 20 points. When I saw that, I'm like, "What is up with this?" Uh, you end up losing money this time. You know what I mean? I was crying. I was really crying because I was like, "Dang!" Because I had him on my I had him on my Tampa Bay stack, you know. Because I had uh, I had him. I was gonna plug in Evans instead of him, right? Because he's kind of pricey. But then I'm like, "Okay, he's usually gonna get his touches, right? He's gonna get his points." So I had Brady, I had Jones, and I had Gronk, and I put him in. And between Jones and, and Brown, man, they just crushed me. They just crushed my spirit that night. I'm like, what happened here? Because I thought for sure what they were just going to blow the Jets out, right? Like everybody else thought so, and it didn't happen. Right, exactly, especially because he was like five to eight catches away from catching. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to show out. He's going he gonna to go get it. He's going to go get He's gonna go get that incentive. But what in the world, man? <laughs> So I, I'm just I'm just between my my disappointment in your squad <laughs> with the, with the one player <laughs> that took his shirt off. You know what I mean? Right. No, I'm with you there, man. I'm like, oh my god, Antonio, are you kidding me, bro? Like, and I'm just 
I'm with you, man. I honestly, like, I think, you know, with that whole stunt and getting sidetracked, that probably threw Brady off too. So poor guy. Then he's got to, you know, had to figure out how to, you know, as the game went on. And then normally we, you know, we're we're one of the best run defenses. And I don't even know what happened that day, but somehow, some way, they the Jets pulled it off. But like we came through at the end, and I'm, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's, at the end of the day, a win is a win. So I'm glad we were able to pull it out. I got Mike, the gang green guy, on one of my uh, football groups, and and he was giddy for about five minutes. And then he saw that he, we gave they gave Tom Brady too much time, and then he's like, "Screw, man! I'm screwed. This is not good." And then at the end, it was not good. <laughs> so even though he were right. they were almost ahead the whole game. It's the I tell I tell Mike it is the curse of Gang Green. It is the curse now. <laughs> it's just, there's no other way around it. It's almost as bad as Cleveland, right? Back in the day, it's just, I don't know. Right, right, right. It doesn't get any better for them. <laughs> Right, right, man. It, it, I think you're, you're right. It is a curse, man. It's every time. It, it never fails. <laughs> I, if you're a Jets diehard, I mean, I, I, I applaud you. You know, I might just, I, you know, just nothing to do about it. It's almost like Browns fans, right? You're a diehard Browns fan. You're just <laughs> totally oh, loyal. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, right, right. Absolutely. Like when lose a draw, man. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm born and raised from Tampa, Florida. My, my, two, my. My family is a Bucks fan. I'm a Bucks fan, and I will always compete with a Bucks fan. I mean, like the, the, you know, even it's crazy because you know when Tom Brady came, I wasn't even a Tom Brady fan. And I, I, in a sense, you start to grow on me now. But you know, I'm, I'm glad he came because he helped bring a championship. You know, the last time we won was like what 2000, 2001, and you know against mm-hmm. the Raiders when it was uh, right. So and then you know to bring one again. So it's. it's you know, I'm a diehard friend. Whether Tom Brady's there or not, or whoever's there, I'm gonna always be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. Yeah, changeover for the for the franchise for you guys for sure. I mean, it's been a lot more successful than it was in the previous years. You know, so it's been a lot of changeover there to to get it to another level and to sustain it, especially in that in that uh, division, which is pretty tough. You know, uh, Atlanta kind of falling down, but you know, Brady. Uh, we, I guess we can throw it away, like I've, like Holly has said. You can just throw away that, that whole thing about he's not good without Belichick now. Sort of already in the in the works, right? He's he's good without Belichick. Period. Right. Absolutely, I agree. He's good with that. He was he was born. You know, I I rather than you know didn't like him, but I always respect someone's game. The man was born a champion. The man was born knowing what to do out there in the field. And just to watch him pick apart defenses, like, and just know where people are going to be and everything like that. Like, you want a quarterback like that. You want someone like that. And you didn't need Belichick to make him great. He was already great. He was already born great. Yeah, so if you're a Jets fan, uh, I, your hopes were crushed within one quarter <laughs> and you give the guy, exactly. you give the guy, even if you give the guy 10 minutes, uh, l- less than two minutes, uh, he'll find a way to figure it out and, and put you out. I mean, uh, the Atlanta Falcons figured that out in the Super Bowl. Remember that was crushed. Right. Uh, exactly. And I'm like, you give him Tom Brady a little bit of time. He will make something of it. You can't, the part you, the, the, you have to not give him no time at all. That's, that's the, that's the answer to the equation. <laughs> it's crazy in that sense. All right, um, so let, enough for the, you know, the Jets fans being horrible. 
Uh, I, you know, shout out to the Jets fans for being so loyal for, for so long. <laughs> Gangrene loyal. That's uh, my Mike, my buddy Mike out there. Hey, Mike, uh, you know, I respect you, bro, for being th- that loyal. Real, I know I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have second thoughts because I'm already griping when my Rams go down the cellar a little bit. I'm already like, dang, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, I'm already trying to throw the coach under the bus, right? So uh, they right, they right. obviously <laughs> revamped themselves over and over and over and. As he said it before, it's like bad toilet paper. I'm just getting rid of it now. <laughs> That's every season pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Mikey. But, uh, you know, keep keep your loyalty, right? Let's just keep your loyalty. That's right. good. Shout, shout out to you, Mike. Always stay loyal. It doesn't matter how the team is. Stay loyal. Shout out to you, Mike. Shout out to the Jets fans, too. Absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, anything else that we didn't talk about? We broke everything down. Oh, I was going to say, and you were also uh, playing side-by-side with your uh, other half, which is kind of nice and uh, interesting at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she was number 48 on the team, Melissa Jurado, and uh, that was awesome. I mean, we, you know, we found love before then, and, you know, to actually play together was quite an interesting season. You know, it, we, I think we learned more about each other too playing football too because when we lived together, we now we played together and even being competitive towards each other. And, um, you know, and she got better too. She was new coming into the league. She had it one year down and, you know, and then playing against competition she'd never seen before. You know, it was quite challenging. But she, I can honestly say I'm proud of her. She stepped up to the plate did what she could do, and, and got better in the process. Each game she stepped up, each game she got a whole lot better. And it was wonderful to see. And, I, you know, and I was just like, and I'm like, oh, that's that's my fiancé out there. She's, she's killing it. So, you know, and, you know, it's crazy because she credits me, but it's nothing to do with me. I, She did it all by herself. And, you know, being, you know, a mom of three kids that are now my three kids, you know, she she stepped up to the plate and, and, and answered to the call. So, and that was wonderful to be side by side and watch her, just watch her be great. Yeah, and it's a good feeling, right, family wise, because you got structure going on there, uh, commitment. You're showing everybody in the family that you know hard work. You got to do your hard work. You got to pay it off. You got commitments. You got to meet, right? So it kind of also gives the whole family sort of like a dedicated structure, and it gives everybody an opportunity to kind of like you know, get better as a family, too. In a lot of aspects, that's that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Um, I, there's not a day I go by where everything in football, you know, I even talk to my fiancé, talk to the kids, it applies in life. Being disciplined, being structured, not only applies in football, it applies in life. You know, my, mm-hmm. my kids get upset with me. I'm like, make your bed in the morning. Hey, brush your teeth. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. You know, and it's because being disciplined, being consistent and structured, you know, applies everywhere. You want to be better at anything in life. You know, you you apply those same rules in football in in the household, and we did. We implemented in the kids. You know, they were they were on top of it. They were on board with it. They actually, you know, now they want to play, and we even inspired them. So they it was great, and it was good good for our little family too as well. And always have, it always help, helps out when, you know, you get a positive aspect of it, and especially when you guys are, you know, the, the leaders of the, of the household and they're seeing you put in the time and commitment to excel at something, you know, that you want, want to achieve. So, all right, uh, Rashana, thank you for the, for the time today. Really entertaining. I hope you had a good time. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. I'm looking forward to see if I can see you on that roster for Team USA. Maybe that's going to be the bucket list, checkoff list. So kind of be interesting to see if you can, uh, you know, 
make that time and that little window where it's needed. But uh, uh, anticipation for your return in 2023 as we stand today. Absolutely, Oscar. Thank you for inviting me on the show. I appreciate that. It's a blessing. Thank you, thank you for your time, and thank you for allowing me to be here. I am getting ready, and hopefully I do appear on the roster. I'm shooting for it. Um, I, I absolutely am. I, I think, you know, uh, with, the, with the organization moving in the direction it is, it'll help us, you know, get better at um, providing more time to play the game, you know, because, uh, you know, we all, we, all wanna, we all love the game. We want to play the game, you know, and then we, until we get to that level where it's like we can actually make time to do, you know, life and, you know, kids and everything like that. It's moving in the right direction. Actually get paid for it, you know, and then that way we won't have to take time off work and everything like that. But absolutely, and I hope I appear on that roster. I hope I can make it, um, and I look forward to getting back to the 2023 season. Yeah, well, anticipation for your return. Uh, hopefully it will be on one of these top squads for this year that will make it, the addition even more stronger for them. So um, other than that, I, I had a good time. I hope you had a good time. Uh, looking forward to the season, the upcoming 22, 22 seasons, uh, your teammates in Denver and a couple other teams. So uh, anticipating their names, obviously, on their top you know, performers and all pros. Uh, some of them are obviously very impactful. So looking forward to seeing them too. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's going to be a good ride. It's going to be a fun ride, a competitive ride. So absolutely, I'm I'm ready for it. Thank you for having me. I did have fun. Uh, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be on the show, and I'll, I'll look forward to coming back. Thank you for making the time. Uh, have a great evening. Uh, enjoy your off season, and like I said, hopefully we'll see you on that Team USA roster. And looking forward to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Oscar. Have a good night and be safe. Thanks. All right, guys, uh, Roshana Brooks of the WNFC La Muerte uh, 2021. Uh, looking forward to an off season for 2022. Anticipation of she's going to go to the USA tryouts to try to get onto the uh, IFAB World Championship gold medal, gold medal uh, Team USA team. Uh, information should be coming out here in a couple weeks. And uh, if she, uh, you know, pursues that, what a bucket list checkoff list for her. Uh, a standing player on La Muerte. Uh, really impactful, and like she said, you know, going up against uh, number one, number two, and the WNFC doesn't get any better than that to, to grow and to become a better athlete, and uh, she's proven that. So um, check it out. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, Shauna Brooks being on the uh, Team USA squad, so uh, anticipation for that. Uh, we are going to be going into the uh, women's international women's news and notes here. Uh, Mark Simone could not make it this week, of course, uh, Holly was uh, obviously absent this week as well, so uh, we're looking forward to her return next week. We should have Mackenzie here in about 30 minutes, but in the meantime, we're going to break down everything that happened at the hub, kind of give you a lowdown. Uh, we're going to go into this uh, situation where I'm going to break down a couple of the, of the WNFC schedules that I was looking at completely in the East. I think the champs, as we stand right now, the champs have probably the easiest route to do a return. Um, and I'm talking to Houston Heat here. I'm talking to the glory, and I know, you know, the prodigy, and, you know, the glory is basically the team that I'm talking to here because they are going to face the champs twice in the early season, at the beginning of the season, and they're going to face them at the end of the season. So, you know, Matty Rosa's and company, 
they are going to have to step up their game because this is this is a true test for them. This is a this is the obstacle that they they must get over. And so the Spartans, no strangers to just winning, and that's you know the roster speaks for itself. We know that they have a returning roster. They probably are adding a couple more players to that returning roster. So it only makes their depth a lot better coming up into the 2022 season. So if you're Houston, uh, I know there's there's a lot of work being done in Houston right now with the Heat. If you're uh, Alabama and Mississippi, this is the obstacle that you must get over to just shine. And they're no strangers, and they know what they're up against. So uh, the schedule for the champs, uh, I wouldn't say they're gonna. It's a running the table mode, but at the same time, it's going to be up to the Glory, the Panthers, uh, the Heat, the Prodigy, and the Fire to really rev up their game if they want to even win there. So interesting to see how everybody's going to do against the elite Spartans. And the Spartans obviously take nobody lightly, as OJ Jenkins had said here before. Uh, they know every team is capable, and they know they have the target. So interesting, to, you know, in terms of the 2022 schedule, how that works out. Uh, the other team that I'm looking at is Atlanta. The big news came out of Atlanta, Santia Deck, uh, one of the IG influencers, former WFLA, you know, uh, marketing star, something that obviously the WFLA could not, uh, you know, work with. We, have, we don't know what the WFLA is going to be like if, they, if it returns in 2023 if it's going to be even maturing at this point. So a lot of the players that were committed to the WFLA have decided to take a different route. You had the uh, um, Australian girls coming over to the Mississippi um, team, as we mentioned last podcast. So it's interesting to see the migration of international players to the WNFC, given the, uh, the WFLA not really maturing and as, as promised. And we're looking at year three without any maturity, any football structure, to our knowledge, so at this point, Atlanta, another key team that was very competitive, middle of the pack, uh, literally really good in, two, in 2021. Uh, looking at the fire, that's where they start off. It's a big rivalry. This is a, a you know Atlanta, Alabama, big rivalry right there. Uh, they know each other very well. The addition of uh, Santia Deck, we don't know what that's going to be like or what's going to look like in terms of a roster addition. But I can tell you right now, talking to the Atlanta crowd, uh, they know the challenges there. They want to be relevant in this uh, chase for the nine cup. And so they get, they get the fire right off the bat. And then two weeks, uh, within two or three, uh, within the third week, they get the fire again. So two big uh, matchup right there. If they can win both of those matchups, it's really important for them. Uh, the prodigy also has been very effective against Atlanta last year. So this is, the first three weeks of the of Phoenix, Atlanta Phoenix will decide where they stand. And we just talked about how the six games are really crunch mode. I mean, if, if anything, the WNFC just became the LFL schedule because in the LFL, in the old LFL, you had only six games. That means every game mattered. Every game mattered. Every snap mattered. So that means you lose two in a row, you're pretty much done. You lose three in a row, you're done. Literally, your playoff hopes are done. So this has become, uh, you know, a, a method of do or die, which I think the approach by the league is great because in a marketing sense at all, that means every matchup has crucial implications. And I think that that's the, the bottom line. 
crucial implications on every matchup. And I think in order for competitive football to be watched, to get it to another level so that people respect women's tackle football in general in terms of viewership and reachability, uh, I, 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 this is it. This is where it's at. So Atlanta, uh, I think we put, her, we put Atlanta on the target mode right now because they are going to be the team that is going to have to elevate their game. Uh, in terms of what they what they have in the roster, but bringing Santia Deck into the fold for the for the Phoenix, uh, depending on how they market uh, this individual, uh, the opportunity is there for uh, the Atlanta Phoenix to be one of the first franchises in this league to be profitable at the gate. So if they do well, and the uh, influence that Santia Deck has, Santia Deck has over one million followers. The opportunity for those followers to want to come see her live, in person, at a game, in a venue, that right there is a huge opportunity for the Atlanta Phoenix brand, the, uh, the WNFC branding in itself, something that the WFLA did not take advantage of. So if the WNFC takes advantage of just Cynthia Deck and her powerful influence on social media, on her presence, and on, on, on top of that, Cynthia Deck, CEO of Tronus Shoes, Cronus Apparel. So now you have an entrepreneur slash athlete slash influencer on your team. So that makes the whole roster better. Opportunity for the coaching staff to make her to make her a focal point and given her skill sets in rugby, given her skill sets in her fitness level, uh, there's an opportunity to put her in a nice football scheme that she would be, you know, no different than a Gina Magana no different than uh, any other athlete in this league to stand out week to week. And I think they, there's a big opportunity here for the Atlanta Phoenix to uh, make a impactful um, benefit, not to just the team, but impactful benefit to the WNFC in terms of viewership, in terms of notoriety, in terms of marketing. So I, I'm pretty sure what I'm talking about, everybody's already discussed in terms of the WNFC boardroom, because this is what it's at. And I know, April, uh, the the general manager in Atlanta already is is probably brainstorming all this as well because this is a huge moment, not just for the Phoenix branding, huge moment for the WNFC in general. So they they get to take on the fire, which is the first week of the season. They will go up against the fire two weeks after that. They get the prodigy who has always been kind of an issue there. The Avengers are, the Avengers finish strong at the end. They are also very uh, upgraded, so we will see what the Avengers are all about as well. The Panthers, we already know what they're all about. We know the influx of the uh, Australians are coming in here. The recruitment level in terms of Mississippi has elevated themselves as well, so they know they have to be at an elite, elite, elite level to take on and take down the uh, elite Spartans in the East. The Phantoms, we have no idea what the Phantoms are going to look like at this point. Uh, Revamp uh, re branding. So that's, that's the thing. So Atlanta will need to go, uh, I want to say, four and, four and two or at this point, you know, four and two at the, at the worst-case scenario to, to make the playoffs, five and one on the best-case scenario. And like I said, it's a big challenge for them. But this is an opportunity given uh, Santia Deck just got signed to them. It's an opportunity for them to do it. The other team in the East that we're talking about is obviously the Alabama Fire. They had a great season. They finished pretty strong. So they get to take on Atlanta. 
just like I said earlier here with the, the Phoenix schedule. They take on Atlanta. They'll take on Florida. Though, like I said, we won't know what Florida's all about at this point, but I'm pretty sure they're much improved from a year ago. They take on Houston. Houston, also a program that's in the changes, coaching staff plus everything that's happening there. So an opportunity for the Houston Heat to really uh, reinvent themselves and maybe hopefully be competitive in that realm with the elite Spartans because they're in that conference area, we're in that region where the Spartans become obviously the obstacle in their way in terms of their season. Um, but they get, to, they get to face Atlanta Phoenix twice, which is a rival. They get to face Houston, and then they'll face the Avengers twice before facing the champs before the end of the year. So Atlanta, uh, it's really, you know, they, they have an opportunity first week out to really upset the, the Phoenix with all this fanfare with Santia Deck and everything else so they can, set, they, they can set the tone for themselves as well. They're no strangers to facing the Phoenix at this point. Uh, Florida, like I said, they're facing one of the better teams in the WNFC from last year. So that, that's their benchmark is can they take down the Alabama Fire in week two. Uh, Houston, same thing, another benchmark. Alabama, no different than the Leeds Spartans. Can they compete with uh, Alabama at, at this point as well? So there's a schedule right there for the uh, Alabama Fire. They could, like I said, make a statement here. They'd, they'd have to run. Uh, they have an opportunity to run the table here, uh, just no different than the Spartans. So they could literally go 4-0 and before they got to face the champs one more time, the rematch from last year. So an interesting schedule right there for the for the Alabama Fire and see, you know, how how that can transpire and turn out. We talked about uh, the other schedules that we come out with the East here. Let me just walk over here to the East as well because there's a lot of opportunities there. And I'm taking, I'm taking into account some of the changes that are happening, of course, because the rosters aren't set yet. So this schedule's, you know, schedule and things that I'm commenting on are going to be a little bit, you know, uh, off tilt because we're going to have to have, uh, you know, another revisit when we do have the rosters revisiting. So it's interesting to see how those things are going to pan out in terms of once the roster changes, how that's going to change everything in itself. So um, hopefully that's going to be the case um, and, and, and do that as well. Um, but we'll find out here right now. The other, the other team that we're looking at is obviously the Houston Heat. So Houston Heat um, hasn't had a really good seasons. So it's an issue where they're revamping their coaching staff, they're revamping their rosters. Um, it's an opportunity, I think, in, in a lot of ways to just get on, you know, get better. So they got to get better. And, and fortunately, they're in that, that one region, and their schedule is against them, ultimately against them. So this is, this is the big, the big uh, obstacle for the Houston Heat. The Houston Heat have to get better. And the only way you get better <laughs> is to be confronted, just like uh, we talked to Lashana Brooks here, facing, at, facing Utah, facing elite Spartans in your schedule. And so they get, right off the bat, they get Mississippi. They get Mississippi. Week two, they get Texas Elite. Week three, they get Alabama Fire. Um, so technically, the way the schedule works right now, I mean, at the worst-case scenario, they're going to go 0-5 again, which is not – I mean, 0-6. If, 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 you know, worst-case scenario, they go, they go you know, 0 and, 0 and 6 Best-case scenario is they go, they go 2-4. and 4. 
They got Kansas City on the 30th. They got um, uh, Kansas City on a back-to-back on the 7th. So they have two winnable games in my in my estimation right now. Two winnable games in terms of uh, facing the glory. They have big challenges taking on the Panthers week one, taking on the Panthers week six. They got a big challenge in week two and in week three. But you know, if you're in Houston, there's here's the opportunity to prove us wrong. Here's an opportunity to to show us that you're able to step up your game and and get elevated and better. So they got to be competitive against the Panthers. They really got to kind of try to be as much competitive as possible against the Spartans. Uh, but you got opportunity between Mississippi and Alabama. There's opportunity there if you can match up with them really well. Yeah, they got the glory. So I'm giving Houston, you know, sort of a heads up that the season might not go as 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 well as they've worked hard at. But they need to surprise us. They they got to come up and you know smash mouth. They got to play their game and they got to try to surprise us. So they get you know like I said, this is Houston's schedule is probably a brutal schedule. I mean, it's what you call brutal. It's a brutal schedule, basically a challenging schedule. So if you're the Houston coaching staff right now, you're looking at the schedule and you know right off the bat you're going to be challenged for four weeks in a row, if not six weeks in a row. So if you're on that roster for Houston right now, understand that you are now being challenged to a level that you've never been challenged before. So you are going to be facing top-notch, squads from last year and they are obviously going to get better mississippi is going to get better the elite spartans way better fire better kansas city i don't know the roster yet but i'm pretty sure they're they're going to get a little bit better and then so that's your challenge so if you're uh, if you're the heat big challenge for you guys as well so for the glory same situation if you're talking about that region because for the glory you have the same situation so the glory will take on the champs. It is a right off the bat, you are being tested, big-time test to take down the elite Spartans. So for the glory, right off the bat, that is your homework. Between now and kickoff, it is your homework. How are you going to contain Bushman? How are you going to contain Griswold? How are you going to take down Destiny Jarborough? How are you going to take down Green? I mean, there's, there's a lot of check marks that you've got to check off. To, to be good at that. So if you're Kansas City, you, you, you got week one. This is going to be a big challenge for you. Week two, you get the Panthers. Uh, week three, you get the Phantoms. Uh, week four, you get the Heat back-to-back. Those, those are winnable games uh, for, the, for, the, uh, for the glory. So, and then you get the Spartans. So there's another team that can go two and four and miss out on the playoffs because of the fact that you have that, or you're going to go three and six. I mean, uh, yeah, three, uh, three and three, in other words. You're going to go three and three for the season. So that's what's looking at your schedule. When you look at the schedule, if you're a coaching staff, you really have to analyze that, and you've got to do your homework. So first two weeks, really important that you set the tone, how you're going to play. Hopefully you don't get routed. Hopefully you don't get completely demolished in week one and two. But you'll have an opportunity in the middle of your schedule to try to make it up. We don't know what the Phantoms is going to look like right now. We have no idea. Uh, with Star Writing Company have in, in store for us, but uh, in reality, there it is. So it's uh, you know the worst case scenario three and three. I mean, best case scenario three and three. Uh, worst case scenario, you're going to go basically uh, you know two and four at this point, and that's what it looks like in terms of the schedule on the East Coast. Um, so interesting to see how all those you know schedules add up. Uh, for the Avengers, 
We're looking at a breakdown for the Avengers. They're taking on the Prodigy. No strangers there. They had really good success uh, last year. So opportunity for the uh, for the Avengers to really get get going in first week out. Uh, Prodigy understands that same thing. They got to get week out and week in and week out. Uh, and then they take on Alabama, probably their biggest challenge and their rival in terms of the schedule. Alabama will be the big test for the Avengers coming into this 2022 season. Then you get the Phantoms, which they're no stranger to. Then you get the Phoenix, uh, which they did, they played pretty well against as well. So Prodigy, uh, Prodigy and the Fire, key uh, wins for the Avengers that they must have in order for them to be relevant into a playoff mode in the WNFC 22 season. So anticipating what the roster is going to look like, who's going to be their quarterback, kind of interested to see what their front line is going to look like. All those are going to be interesting, interesting uh, things to, to figure out. But you get uh, the Prodigy, uh, April 2nd, first week kickoff. You get the Fire right after that on the road. You get the Phantoms on the road. So big test for the Avengers starting off in the first uh, couple weeks, three weeks of the season. So if you had to just sit there and say this is opportunity, but they have opportunity here. So if you look at the schedule, I am saying, you know, the the Avengers have an opportunity to go into 4-2 and two mode if they really wanted to do that. Four and two, it would be you know you know they'd have to win against Prodigy, against the Fire, uh, both games. Uh, they can even fall to one of those, and they might they have to beat the Phoenix, and they'd have to beat the the Phantoms once at least there. So the mid schedule there. So um, so there's an opportunity for the Avengers to make a headway into the WFC playoff picture, and if they have that opportunity, I think they'll be able to take it as well. So the East really interesting at this point, given everything that's happening so far. Um, and how that's going to evolve. So it's going to be interesting to see how the East kind of molds itself uh, in terms of the playoff picture. Uh, look at the Prodigy right now. We've got um, the Avengers as well taking on, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, the Prodigy's taking on the Avengers week one. Crucial ment- uh, mentality for them too. They're going to be taking on the Phantoms, uh, taking on the Phoenix. They're taking on the Champs. Uh, so it's, it's a really good road. They could literally go five and one if they if they put their mindset together. Hopefully that's the case. But a winnable game against the Avengers. They played them tough uh, against the Phantoms as well. They played pretty decent uh, competitive ball against Atlanta. Very competitive. So uh, the only loss that I can see here for the Prodigy would probably be more like uh, the loss against Texas Lee Spartans. But other than that, every every other game seems somewhat winnable. Like I said before, we don't know what the we know we don't know what the roster looks like for the prodigy at this point, but we do understand that they are obviously you know up for the battle. They they understand that they're going to have to step up their game as well. Uh, but uh, you know the challenge is Florida for week one, Philadelphia week two. If they if they go zero and two at the beginning of the season, then uh, it's it's going to be tough for them to even make the playoffs. It's going to be really tough because I uh, don't know how they're going to look like. But if they are much improved for uh, week one, week two the prodigy is going to be suffering. Uh, so, uh, you know, the coaching staff there, they know exactly what the schedule. Anticipating of the schedule look ahead of, this, ahead, of, ahead of everything is very crucial for all the teams right now because now they understand who their opponents are every week. They understand what, where they're going to end up if they don't, if they don't get, you know, get these checkoff wins every week. So uh, important. Uh, like I said, the Avengers played really well against the prodigy. Avengers played really well late season. So those those two games are going to be very crucial at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season for the Prodigy. Uh, Prodigy played pretty well ball against Phoenix. 
Uh, they played really well against Phantoms. So the champs against the Elite Spartans. So opportunity for the Prodigy to really, you know, make a make a, a difference there. The uh, the Phantoms, a revamped logo for themselves this year, rebranding. Uh, they're taking on the Prodigy, which is their main rivals. They're taking on Avengers, which were really competitive games. They'll take on Kansas City. They'll take on the Prodigy. They'll take on the biggest challenge on their schedule is obviously the, the Panthers and the Phoenix. Um, Phoenix, uh, Atlanta Phoenix, I meant, um, at the last two weeks of the season. So they gotta, they got to run the table, literally, to make the playoffs. They, and the only obstacle they have is Mississippi, from what I can see right now. But they have opportunity. They, against the Prodigy, winnable games. Against the Avengers, a, a winnable game. Against the Glory, winnable game. So if I have to sit here right now, I would say that's it. That's it. That they, they, they can literally go two and uh, they can go four and two and make the playoffs. But it's very important that they, you know, they, they get off the blocks really good against uh, the Prodigy in terms of the East. So uh, really, really awesome. So we're going to go dive into the West in terms of what's happening. Uh, Mark Simone will be here next, next week. Uh, we'll dive in with Mark in terms of the West and what it looks like. Dogfight every year for the West. Uh, the East seems to be a little bit more structured and easy bound in terms of the, big, the higher teams there. But it's going to be competitive as well. But the, the West is interesting because every year it's kind of a dogfight. We don't know what the legends are going to look like. We don't know what, you know, the revamped uh, Denver Bandits are going to look like with the infusion of the La Muerte players. Uh, we have no idea what Seattle looks like right now in terms of from their last season to this season. Uh, we, we always know what Utah is all about. You know, Utah is going to come out and they're going to play their ball as well. So, uh, you know, we, we got a couple teams on there. Vegas is, is going to get better. San Diego, of course, is getting better because they want to return to the nine cup. Um, the Prowlers, from what my sources are telling me, they're getting better, um, and, and they're they're anticipating to have a better season as well. Uh, Oregon, obviously, you know, going their running back going down really a big factor, but overall recovery there. So hopefully they're going to get better. So the West we'll dive into with Mark Simone next uh, next week on the next podcast and kind of really dive into the WNFC 2022 season. As always, we're going to dive into the WFA season uh, once the schedule is released, and we're going to break it down no different than this. And we'll kind of break down the top five teams in Division One. We'll break down the top five teams in Division Two. We'll start breaking down Division Three as well. And we got, uh, you know, interviews coming up with the WFA uh, top five teams in each division so that we can get the anticipation for the 2022 season. Just looking forward to see how the schedule is going to work out because that's going to make a big difference in terms of conversation and uh, what ifs, and that's what we want to anticipate as well. So pretty interesting there. Uh, let me go to the hub here, kind of get us into the mode here for the hub. And I know we have a lot of stuff happening at the hub. So if you guys haven't gone to the hub, it is the best network on the planet, bar none. Uh, it is just awesome. And if you guys haven't gone there, really, really anticipate you guys going there. I really appreciate you guys going there and also helping us out with sharing your posts, making comments, and all that good stuff that happens and helps us out on social media. So right now we're currently, I believe, let me see here, currently at, we're currently at 9,200 followers and we have 87 people that like our page. So we'd really like to get to 10,000 uh, in 2022. That would be very, very awesome for all of us. So a 9,200, so, you know, share with your friends. Let them know. We do a lot of hard work. We have uh, over 40 network partners worldwide that give us information to give you the best uh, feed, the best news source uh, in terms of women's tackle football on the planet, and we're very proud of that. 
So on behalf of all of us at Gridiron Beauties, we wish all our network partners who collaborate with us all year a great new year, 2022. We also want to express our infinite gratitude to each of the teams, all the athletes, and the leagues worldwide that put trust in our media platform to provide the best coverage for the sport and the opportunity to work with them. So I want to thank you for believing in our branding, for believing in our content, and also for uh, helping us out with giving us reliable links, new stories, and obviously upload photos. Thank you to all the amazing photographers as well that capture all the moments worldwide of all these athletes playing amazing tackle football in worldwide. So really appreciate that. We hope to continue counting on your support and sharing and you sharing our posts in 2020. Uh, we would not be as successful as we are today without partnerships, networking, collaborations, and also, you know, shout out to Block Talk Radio, shout out to Zazzle.com, and of course, shout out to our uh, podcast sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, for believing in us and supporting us all through these years, especially uh, Block Talk and Zazzle. They've been with us for almost 10 years, uh, you're bringing attention to women's tackle football. So if you haven't gone over to the Zazzle Nojik Football Shop, go to Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Uh, use the code, save up to 25% off. Use the daily code there and save big. All our T-shirts are under 20 bucks, $17 plus. Plus, if you get Zazzle Black for an extra $10, you get free shipping for 12 months. So it's a really awesome deal. It's probably the best deal anywhere. So you subscribe to Zazzle Black for about 10 bucks, and you can literally get stuff from us for free shipping in the United States. Worldwide, no big deal. We sh Zazzle ships worldwide. So you go to Zazzle.com, just go all the way at the bottom of the tab, Right at the tab, it says your country code. So check out your country code. It'll take you to the country website of your choice, and then you can play, you can pay in your own denomination. Use also codes there daily that will uh, save you money. So check it out. Go right there, zazzle.com, for us, Beauties. Really appreciate everybody uh, buying stuff from us. We don't make much money on the on the uh, you know website, but we do make enough money to where we can spotlight another talented athlete worldwide, just like. We're going to be spotlighting Sarah Calangelo of the Nevada Storm in 2022. All right, so if you checked out our Instagram uh, as well, you can go right there to our Instagram at Gridiron Beauties and everything that's happening, best moments and action that's happening in sport, check it out. Go right there to our Instagram as well on IG, Gridiron Beauties, and uh, you can get the lowdown on what's happening in the game as well. You can also get all our stories daily there as well. You can also check out at No Joke Football on our brand page on IG, which is blown up. Really appreciate everybody uh, visiting our brand page uh, and clicking on the link bio. Also going to Zazzle to get some gear. So really appreciate that as well. All right, let's dive in here uh, into the uh, the hub and the the WNFC threw out some uh, uh, photo dumps. So it was pretty cool of that. Um, so how does photos dumps they they're dropping right now by a lot of uh, talented photographers. So shout out to all those photographers, like I said, that uh, upload photos of women's tackle football that give us the visuals that we, when we don't have the live stream functions to, to, to link out. So really awesome. So I really appreciate everybody out there uh, collaborating, helping out, and always supporting the leagues as well as supporting us and giving us the access as well to display those photos as well. So really, really appreciate that. All right. Let's see what we have. We have uh, uh, some interesting stories. If you guys didn't catch them, an interesting story last week uh, on the, uh, at the Hub is really cool. There's a couple stories that came out of, uh, some of the young ladies uh, in terms of this in the States and um, some of them were uh, linked to us and some of them were actually given to us by um, other news sources. So really interesting high school 
varsity games, things like that. So it worked out really well. So you get the uh, lowdown and everything right there at, at the hub. You can check out the links right there as well. And uh, a lot of the players are evolving. A lot, of, uh, a lot of programs have flag football now. So it's nice to have. And then you also got some of the teams that were uh, basically hitting in the new year. Uh, some of the teams are Nevada, the Tampere Saints, uh, over, uh, over overseas. We also had uh, LaFay uh, with the Feliz Año Nuevo as well, uh, F11. And then the big story, LaFay La uh, La collaborates with Women's Football Alliance, the, w, the WFA. They'll be working together also as part of, of the WFA International uh, Initiative. So if you didn't know about that, you obviously knew about it at the Hub. And it's going to be LaFay uh, 11s and 11s will be taking on a WFA All-Star team, a traveling team. Uh, and so that's going to be slated for the next year. And it's going to be no different than that they've done with, like, the Queens Football League as well, the uh, Costa Rican uh, Great Iron League as well. So there's a, a couple uh, leagues that the WFA International is growing with to collaborate with them and grow the sport and help them out as well. So it's kind of a, a nice mutual agreement between those. But LaFay probably be, being the biggest league that WFA International has now networked with. So it's interesting to see that as well. Um, so, and a couple games happened this weekend on a scrimmage. So if you missed it, uh, Music City Misfits uh, took on the Columbus Vanguards at Nissan Stadium on the second, as well as the Derby City Dynamite took on the WFLA South Carolina Dames. Uh, so both games were there uh, after the uh, Titans game. Unfortunately, uh, no live stream full game was done on either of the, the teams. So we did get some live stream tidbits, 20 minutes of the Music City Misfits. You can go to Music City Misfits on Facebook. You also got some Derby City coverage as well uh, from Thelmabanks. But there was no official live game stream that we could share. So uh, if you follow them, obviously you got some of the streaming uh, in short, short term. Uh, so it was uh, Misfits against Columbus Vanguard, and it was the um, South Carolina Dames of the WFLA versus the WF, WFA um, Division Three champs, the Derby City Dynamite at Nissan Stadium. That was following, following after the Titans versus Dolphins regular season match. Um, so that was on the January 2nd event there. Um, the other, uh, the other uh, articles that we talked about, uh, Suncoast News had a great article on uh, the uh, three young ladies that are playing in, in varsity football. Um, Michelle's Julie Michael, Gulf Brooke Tuttle, and Sarah Phyllis's Annalise Thomas. And then you also had the two girls uh, at Ch- uh, Chippewa Valley. Those are the two girls, uh, Emma Novick Roy and Kylie Von Dong. That was a, a new story there, including the, another talented uh, uh, player, Ariana, uh, from Oklahoma. So she's also uh, on the teams as well. So you got it right there from the Oklahoman.com. And uh, shout-out to uh, Popular Science for featuring uh, the Hail Mary book. There was an, uh, there was an expert, uh, expert uh, piece that was done on Hail Mary, the rise and fall of the National Women's Football League by Brittany Delacreta uh, De and Lindsay Dark, Dark Angelo. So you can actually get their book on Amazon as well, but you got it right there at popscience.com. It's a really interesting article there. You also have the first uh, historic first for female kickers in St. Tamari, and that was, uh, you know, one of the uh, historic moments in that, in that area. And uh, NOLA.com had that coverage, so really cool. And then you also had uh, the news, like I said, uh, Vanguardia.com 
from Mexico, Vergaria.com.mexico. That was uh, basically uh, giving you the lowdown in terms of the LaFi uh, alliance with the WFA International. And that's, uh, the article breaks it down right there in terms of the competition. Uh, LaFi Mexico and Women's Football Alliance United States create a mutual agreement for international competition going forward in 2022 and beyond. So uh, the article has to be translated on Google Translate, so you can check it out right there at Vanguardia.com. You also get a, a really nice uh, New Year's uh, teaser from the Mississippi Lady Panthers. Really cool graphic there. I really love it. Uh, they're getting ready, uh, and uh, they're giddy, and they know that this is their, their year. So uh, really awesome. Um, so big thing for them. Uh, I don't think they're ready for the heat we're about to bring. So there you go. So if you're in the East, uh, the Mississippi Lady Panthers, uh, they're burning, and they they, they want to make it known that they're bringing the heat to the WNFC in 2022. So awesome. Shout out to the Mississippi Lady Panthers for pretty cool posts right there. Um, you also got New Year's uh, greetings from the DC Divas, and also we got a couple of New Year's from all the other teams as well. So diving into uh, the college football scene, we had uh, some previews. Uh, from ESPN.com. We had mm-hmm. some previews from Fox Sports and all those. So you can check out the articles right there on college football. The anticipation of Alabama taking on Georgia, really, really cool, and that's going to happen. Uh, we also had a nice little piece on Tammy Moore, our Tammy Moore uh, hanging out at the UA Next Football event from the UA, UA Futures game. So shout-out to uh, Coach Tammy Moore right there for awesome Awesome doing her job out there and taking care. And if you missed it, our best nine for the year, our best nine for the year, uh, included the, the Nevada Storm, of course, uh, the San Antonio Texas Legacy, Derby City Dynamite, Boston Renegades, Texas Elite Spartans, the Black Snakes from Monterey, and Karlstadt Crusaders overseas in Europe, including uh, Nasica Del Orto and Amber Marcucci from the Italian CISFA. So check it out right there, Instagram, forward slash Gridiron Beauties. You get the best nine uh, most liked photos on our Instagram, and uh, those, are the, those are the teams that made the cut, and those are the players that made the cut. So pretty cool. So it was really awesome. All right, so we should, we should have uh, the salty one here coming up in a couple minutes uh, and giving us the lowdown on the NFL. We're going to talk NFL as well. So uh, our best nine has always been really interesting. Uh, a lot of folks were like, uh, the best nine where the best well it's the best nine off our gallery, so that's how it breaks down. So the best nine off our gallery, so that's really cool. So um, check out all the articles that we have there. Uh, they're fed by a lot of people and they're interesting articles. A lot of amazing young girls playing on uh, you know defense. They're playing on offense now. They're not necessarily just kickers anymore. So it's really interesting to see all that and how the transition has just changed over. And so it's interesting to see the evolution of flag football. Number one but also uh, girls playing tackle football. And talking about girls tackle football, don't forget, if you're in Utah right now, you can check out uh, Utah Girls Football League. You can register uh, at the Utah Girls Football League. You can go on Facebook. You can go UT, UTFL on, I believe, uh, also on Instagram. So uh, the Utah Girl registration period is open right now, uh, so you can check it out, utahgirlsfootball.com forward slash registration. And if you're in Utah, in the state of Utah, uh, any area there, you can participate and get registered for the upcoming season. There's also going to be registration for overseas. 
uh, overseas in, in terms of the uh, Manitoba Girls Football League, as well as the uh, and, uh, over in uh, the Alberta region as well. And there's various other girls tackle football leagues that are going to get registration. So as soon as we get notices and confirmations, we'll end up posting some of those as well at the hub so you get the breakdown right there. So from youth football to the level of professional football, we got it you covered all year round right at the hub. Thanks to everybody for going to the hub. Like I said, let's let's go ahead and get some likes going. Let's get let's follow follow the page. Let's get to 10,000. Let's make it happen. So check it out at the hub at facebook.com Beauties. That is where you want to be weekly. Uh, like I said, we do a really great job with our network partners, and they're all really exciting and really awesome people, and they uh, do their laboring as well. So pretty awesome. Don't forget to go to Monkey Knife Fight. Sign up uh, Monkey Knife Fight. Right now, the, uh, we got one more week of NFL, and then we're going to get into NBA all season uh, in terms of the playoffs. You can also play NHL, you can play MMA, you can just a lot of different sports. You go more or less, it's a really simple platform, more or less, you pick your players, and that's it. If they're going to score more or less of the projected, you know, in terms of like football, it's fantasy points, or it's going to be, you know, uh, certain yards. If you're in basketball, it's going to be assists, uh, it's going to be points uh, in general like that. So check it out. Go to Mike and I fight, sign up today, use the code NJF. You're going to get a free $5 play up to a $100 match. So go to monkeyknifefight.com and use the code NJF. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can check out our YouTube channel for amazing shared videos of girls playing American football as well. So go to youtube.com, search Greyhound Beauties, and you get our channel right there. Subscribe to our channel. You get everything from uh, all the uh, international leagues as well as the U.S. leagues. So check it out, amazing shared videos of girls playing American football globally, and that would be at our YouTube channel as well. Don't forget to check out Zazzle.com. Like I said, cool shirts under 20 bucks. Can't beat it. And if you use Zazzle Black, it's free shipping. You get leggings and gifts. And if you're inclined not to get anything from us, no big deal. Zazzle has a lot of shops that you can uh, take, take care of. You also have stuff for birthdays and stuff like that. So check it out, Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. You get cool shirts, leggings, and gifts as well. So let's check it out here. We're going to see if uh, Mackenzie was supposed to be on her way here. We'll see if these salty ones – Hasn't arrived yet, so hopefully she'll arrive in a couple minutes here. And then we're going to be talking NFL right now. So let's dive into the NFL while she while we wait. All right, let's dive in. Here we go. And it was a weird, weird, uh, you know, moment when you saw Antonio Brown uh, kind of just like, okay, I'm not going to the game. I'm taking my shirt off. Screw you, people. I'm out. I'm not coming back. Uh, it was just kind of weird to see it alive, and uh, Twitter was all over it. So I was watching uh, – I wasn't watching that specific game because I was watching my Rams game, but it was just kind of weird to see that. And it was it, – it, it's, it, it, I don't know. It's an interesting situation because he probably needs some help, okay? It's, it's just the bottom line. He needs some help, and that's what's going to call down. So let's, uh, let's bring in Mac here. Hey, Mac, I'm just talking about Antonio Brown right now. I'm just saying it's, it's – it's, it's, I think he's just a bad – he's a basket, basket case. I know he needs help. Uh, it's pretty easy to mock him. But at the same time, it's like at this point, it's a matter of, you know, decision-making. Somebody's got to help him, you know, in his family. I don't think he's right. I think, I think he has CET, and he has moments of CET. So there, that, that, I, I think that's in a nutshell. So here's what I'm going to say, Oscar. Um, as far as Antonio Brown, yes, it's easy to mock him. Yes, he's had – Numerous episodes, you know, to 
actions and, and displays of, of behavior similar to what we experienced yesterday. However, I think it's also easy to say that there's, you know, he's, he may have CTE or whatever have you, but let's let's try to put ourselves in the position that he's in, okay? Like, let, let's try to put ourselves in the position of the fact that, you know, he's played for several teams now and has made has helped make an impact, but the second that something goes wrong, it, the, the blame automatically goes on him. Now, I'm not, I'm not condoning him undressing his uniform and leaving his shoulder pads and being immature. It's the fact that I feel like there's an underlying situation between him and the, and the Buccaneers front office or coaching staff that's made him just tweak out like this. Yeah, I don't know. The rumors, let me just say this, rumors from everybody right when it broke down, okay, he's got an ankle injury. He said he didn't want to come in. Uh, you know, all these other things that just have gone over on the Twitterverse. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just going to say this, okay. The bottom line is he's either a very good teammate or he's not. Uh, I think Brady took out his neck for him. At this point, he's not worthy of putting on a squad at this point, paying that much money. I know he's talented, but come on. At this point, you got to move on because I, I really think that's the case. But hopefully he gets help. Okay, that's just the bottom line. Hopefully he gets help. But I really, does, I really do think it stems from not just uh, the football side of it. Maybe it's just long-term from other things. But uh, wish him well at this point. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment for the most part. I think the other thing that we have to take into consideration is the fact that he kind of did – you know, joined the Buccaneers organization almost right in the middle of the season, like almost smack dab mm-hmm. in the middle of the season. So you figure by the time he, you know, gets cleared, pass, you know, passes all the tests, you know, figures out the playbook, and then finally gets a chance to link up with TV 12 and all those weapons that they have over there, you know, he should, you would, one would think he would mold into that, you know, that second, second or third option for, for Tom Brady. And then you have to think, you know, He's kind of a – I don't want to use the word prima donna, but that's kind of what he was being yesterday. So then, you you know, you kind of sit back, sit back and wonder, like, is it really him or is it really the franchise? Is it – you know, is he does he have something personal going on? You know, it's just – there's just too many factors, I feel like, at this point for us to kind of argue or not argue, rather. Um, on the flip side of that, I will state that, from what I was seeing on Twitter and from, I think, uh, Bleacher Report that the Buccaneers actually haven't released him. I'm not sure if that's true. I don't know if there's any stick to that. Um, what are you, officially what are not there? released. The coach did say he released him, but officially he has. He, it's not off the books. It's, it's all has to do with contracts, right? You're not going to just let him go. you got to work out the contract and all that good stuff. So it's still up in the air in terms of, like, he's not playing anymore, but officially not released on in terms of that. Let's get off Antonio Brown and let's uh, just remember the great John Madden. Uh, just John Madden. What a, what a great coach, a great analyst, great pitchman, and great businessman. And ultimately, uh, he's known not just for that, but he's known for what? The Madden game, right? It's been going on forever. So uh, this is the guy that gave us the joy of video games and also continues uh, to this day, even after his passing on December 28th. Man, that one hit me hard. When I found out, my brother had actually called me. He goes, yo, did you know John Madden just passed away? I was like, are you serious? Like, don't play with me because Coach Madden's my guy. I mean, he's the reason, like, you know, just like you said, most of us enjoy the game, the video game of football. It's one of few, and it's one of few that's lasted um, as long as his legacy and will still continue to do so. 
Yeah, and, and you want a stat? He's 759 regular season winning percentage is the best ever among those who coached at least 100 games. That's just huge. Holy cow. I, that, well, I just learned something new today. That's a, that's a big stat right there. That's, a, that's like, a very impressive. And then he had 10 seasons in Oakland, finished below 500, right, qualified for the playoff uh, postseason eight times and won one, uh, one Super Bowl. Um, but uh, he was 16 overall. But other than that, he had a, he had a great career. Uh, 103 of his career wins came with the Raiders the most by any head coach in the, in the history of the franchise. So, uh, you know, as, if you're Al Davis, all right, Excellence is there. Oh, absolutely. And it's just, just and, you know, and, and it makes you think back to how much the game itself has changed from the Madden era to the Gruen era to now. It's just uh-huh. crazy. Yeah, and if you want to put it in perspective, he, in a 100-game uh, minimum, he's way better than Vince Lombardi. Uh, Vince Lombardi won 96 out of uh, the 103 he won. And George Allen won 116, but John Madden had the better percentage. So there you go, in perspective. That's still wild to me. You know, to, to think that John Madden's winning percentage was better than the person that we named the Super Bowl trophy after is crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of legends, the Patriots' Bill Belichick joined the league's all-time winningest coach, uh, the late Don Chula as the only head man with 20 seasons featuring at least 10 victories. Oh, busy Bill. I mean, we knew eventually this was going to happen. In fact, I'm pretty sure we talked about this this time last year uh, with the with the draft coming. Yeah, it's it's been crazy to even look at that. But at the same time, uh, I didn't even think uh, this. Uh, my friend Joe, he sent me this uh, tidbit about uh, Matt LaFure of the Packers, right? I know you hate the Packers, but Matt LaFure, uh, in, in, he has a 39-9, and which is an eight, a .813 regular season. Uh, so he breaks the tie with George Seifert for the most wins by an NFL head coach in his first three seasons. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, I actually happened to come across that stat. And, yes, we, we all know the Matt Chuck, the salty one, does not like the Green Bay Packers. However... That's the fandom. If I'm speaking as a player and a you know a, you know a soon to be hopeful consideration for the Women's Football Hall of Fame, I have to give credit where credit is due. Matt Lafleur has some crazy things in his past in this, the past three seasons that he's been head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I can't. There's nothing wrong or bad I can say about it. Like he's a good coach. He and he knows how to out coach people who have been coaching longer than him. And it's just it's crazy to watch. Yeah, and you have uh, Matt also, uh, you know, two what, two seasons, uh, second straight year at number one in the NFC uh, after taking care of the Vikings. So uh, this is an impressive coach, and he's making a mark. I mean, he's really, at this point, Coach LaFleur is, is, is the epitome of no-joke football. Like, legitimately, that's a thing. And I'm just, you just, you sit there and then just sit back and watch it unfold, like, really like this is happening like and it, it just he makes it look so easy it's irritating and that's part of the reason why i don't like them because he makes this stuff look so damn easy yeah and that, let's not forget another coaching uh coach dan reeves also passed away a couple of days after john madden 
Uh, Coach Reeves obviously led the Broncos to the Super Bowl three times and got uh, got there with the Falcons once. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, uh, Dan Reeves. Uh, that one also hit me hard. And it was, you know, unfortunately with passings of people, whether, you know, they're somebody who's super well-known, celebrity, anything like that, they happen in threes. And, and even though this is a sports podcast, I have to give a, a shout-out to the Golden Girls legend, Betty White. Betty White also passed away in that trio of three yep. people. And I was very, very heartbroken, Kate. BW is my spirit animal, and I was very upset. In fact, I started to binge-watch Golden Girls again because of that. Oh, you you, got, you and my wife, <laughs> when she heard Betty White was on, she's like, I'm doing that same thing you did, Mac. Ben's watching the, the Golden Girls. Uh, she's got the whole set. Uh, and we had, to, we had to pull out our old v, uh, VCR, too, which is kind of lame, but it still worked. Look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Oscar Hale. You know what I'm saying? Look, it, it's just crazy, you know, especially with, you know, just going back on, on the topic of, of Betty White passing and celebrity passing here. Um, all those, you know, headlines that we were seeing years ago that, you know, the fake headlines that Betty White passed away and then when when the unfortunate actually happens, nobody believed it until they came across, like, actual news sites. So I'm just like, this is, yeah, first, you know, first Dan Reeves, then John Madden, then Betty White. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, this is crazy. It was a, it was a you know, kind of a depressing week in terms of the coaching staff and obviously Betty, uh, Betty going out, you know, it was just kind of like the top of the cherry type mentality, which we, we didn't anticipate, right? Betty White actually passing away like before the new year. Uh, that was kind of crushing, but she, she is uh, what, what you would consider a fan favorite, right? She's just so entertaining. Oh, absolutely. Just like you know, coach Reeves and coach Madden both, you know, all three of those, you know, all three of those, those personalities and, and, you know, successes that they've all had in their lives are, you know, they're very much, you know, fan friendly, family favorites. Like, you can like. I don't think you can go into anybody's house or business and frown when you hear Coach Madden's name or Coach Reed's name or Betty White's name. Like they're household favorites. Yeah, for sure. They made their mark. Um, Betty White's obviously, uh, you know, longtime uh, favorite in terms of just entertainment. So really awesome. All right, Mac. So heading into this week 18, the AFC's number one seed hangs in the balance. Do the AFC East and the NFC West with my Rams, okay? So then three additional wild card bursts. So uh, this Saturday doubleheader, your Cowboys are hosting the Eagles, and the Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Broncos. Well, well let's, let's, just, okay, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Dallas lost, and I was highly irritated. This is why kicking is one of the most important factors in football, because if you lose by three, it's because of a field goal miss by Greg Zerline. Okay? That's mm-hmm. one. Number two, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Gallup for his ACL. So he's out till next year. I don't know if anybody knows that, but Michael Gallup tore his ACL before he went up for that touchdown catch. So that, that hurt me on player DK. Michael Gallup is. That, that thing hurt Trust me on me, drafting. Hurt everybody, so My God. I'm going to tell you this, though. This Eagles, this, this Eagles-Cowboys game this Saturday night on primetime 7.15 p.m., okay, um, going to be one for the ages because the Eagles have been falling out. I'm not, I can't even lie. Like, there's no lie. The, the Eagles literally have been falling out. 
um, what kind of Dallas I'm going to get. I don't know if I'm going to get the Hertz dominant is, Dallas Hertz Cowboys. Hurts is improving really much. Hurts is improving. And now that they have a balanced run game, to your point, yeah, they're, they're, they're there. They're getting ready here. The only saving grace for, for my Cowboys at this point if we, is, is, you know, we've already clinched the division and we've already clinched our playoff spot. It's yeah, just yeah. now, if we beat them, are we going to get home field advantage or do I got to go on the road and try to win and then go back home and play? This, you know, this is the things that, these are the things that Dallas Cowboys need to keep in mind as they're trying to take breaks when they're playing, you know, mental errors, things like that. Um, but I think Dallas gets the job done. I think they come back with revenge because that, that Arizona game, I, I mean, and I really wasn't even that upset that we lost. It was the ticky-tacky, stupid fouls and flags that we were getting for reasons that you sh- really shouldn't, you know, be getting flags for. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, y'all are yeah. – it's just, you know, it's those ticky-tacky things. But Kyler Murray and, and those Cardinals came out and did their thing. Kyler, Kyler Murray is now – he's now 2-0 and at AT&T Stadium, which is irritating. But the kid's a baller. Oh no, no doubt, no doubt there. I mean, no doubt. I mean, they 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 really well. They played really well. Um, what do we, we we cannot we cannot get off the air without talking to the newly crowned AFC North champion Bengals. Wow, they're they're you know they took care of business. Uh, they ended the Chiefs' uh, eight game winning streak, and so I mean, what, Joe Burrow. Um, I had Chase. That guy made me some big money on FanDuel, and so uh, really really good. So what do you say to the Bengals right now? They're arriving. Uh, to be honest, they arrived last year. If if Joey B wouldn't have, you know, if he wouldn't have got hurt, the Bengals are, you know, are, are defending champs at this point as far as their, you know, their their division is concerned. Yeah, no, they, they have a good tandem. I mean, Burrow and Chase, good tandem. You know, shout out to Coach Zach Taylor for turning this organization around in three years. That's unheard of, and he's doing it. Well, so let's, co- right, and let's, let's just peel it back even more. Nobody expected Joe Mixon, nobody expected Joe Burrow, and nobody expected Jamar Chase to be as electric as they are. That's the scary part is this is Joe Burrow's second season, and he's not even nine months post-op from his ACL surgery. Okay, Jamar Chase is a rookie out here blasting people. Okay, Joe Mixon, same thing, second year, out here breaking people's ankles like it's freaking candy on a Sunday morning on Easter. It's wild to even picture, let alone fathom. Yeah, no, and I think that's the, that's what we have to point out is they are, I think, in the AFC, they've proven they can beat Kansas City. Now they literally, if they, if they start rolling like they are right now and they start playing as good as they are right now, they are going to be the, the team to beat in the playoffs. And I think that's good sign for Cincinnati Bengal fans because this is what they they needed for a, a long, long time. Um, let's see here. Uh, what do we have before we get out of here? We got five minutes. Um, I was somewhat disappointed in my Rams coming from behind to win with o, uh, Odell Beckham. And uh, obviously Tom Brady finishes the Jets after this, this um, Brown debacle thing that happened on that weekend. But um, let's see here. My other conversation was, oh, you got to see Trey Lance, uh, Mac. And uh, what's your impressions here? We, you think uh, Lance can take the, the Niners into the playoffs, or is is this going to be a one and done? To be honest, I'm not convinced it's a one and done. 
uh, Trey Lance has this thing called dog in him. That is the kind of mentality you need as a rookie quarterback, you know, basically battling for your spot next year. Like, let's just be honest, Oscar. Like, Trey Lance is not nobody to be messed with. And and for anybody that seems to think that, you know, he's, you know, he's going to lay down and roll over, that's not happening. Like, we see, we, we, you know, we saw it during the preseason. We saw it those two games that he started and, and the one game that he had to come in and basically put San Francisco, you know, back into positive momentum. And then Jimmy G finishes that game. It's just, you know, it's just something that, in other words, like there's just something about Trey Lance that just tells me like, I don't think it's going to be one and done, but he, he basically has to play life out. has to be damn near perfect. And what do you say? My boy cup on track to become the fourth player since the seventies to lead the league in catches, receiving yards, and receiving TDs in the same season. Cooper Cup, just killing it. I'm going to tell you this, and there's going to be a lot of Green Bay fans that are about to be mad at me, but Cooper Cup, man, man. holy cow. Watch out, Calvin Johnson, like we're coming year. for the record. Watch out, Calvin Johnson, coming for the record. Yeah, no, look, Cooper Cup's a bad dude. Okay, that's a bad dude right there. I, you can't touch him. I don't care what nobody say. Yeah, I'm a, I'm good for ten, man. That was so good. I was watching it. Uh, unfortunately, they uh, they almost got beat by the uh, very talented Ravens defense, and but the, you know they come through. So uh, at this point, Mac, interesting weekend, week uh, week uh, eighteen. It's going to be interesting to see uh, the, the key games we just talked about. Obviously, the Eagles against the Cowboys. you got the Chiefs against the Broncos. Uh, also, uh, Rams against the Niners. Implications there. we got to get it. we got to get the W there. Otherwise, Arizona is going to take it. You know, Arizona's got to lose. we got to win. Just bottom line. You know, I, that's kind of where I'm sitting at this point. Unfortunately, Dallas is not going to get that first-round bye unless a miracle happens. And Dallas wins this weekend, Tom Brady loses this weekend, and Aaron Rodgers loses this weekend. Somehow I don't think that's happening. Dallas is probably going to get that third, that third spot depending on how the rest of it shakes out. But the fact, like I said, the fact that Dallas has already clinched, you know, clinched the NFC East and a playoff spot, I'm okay with. I just would really like us to win. It just that would be great, you know. I would. Can we do that, please? Can we, you know, can we step up a little bit? Point being. This weekend for football going to be wild. All I can say is Rams, McVay, do not let me down. This is at home. We should be able to win. It's a backup quarterback against the Niners. Come on. This has got to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I don't very often, like, there's not a lot of times that I will willingly pull for teams that I don't actually, like, Super follow. I'm I'm gonna I'm a Rams fan this weekend. I'm just not I'm not even gonna lie to you. I hope Cup gets the record. I hope they run the two hundred plus yards. Uh but you know, the best hope for me is just get the win, beat the Niners. That's what it is. I uh, like I've told people before, two wins on the map. If we lose everything else, I'm okay with, but you just can't lose to Frisco. Come on, McVeigh. Get it done. Get it done. Well, yeah, Let, we, let's step it up, y'all. Look, Dallas, wake the hell up. You know, L.A. Rams, wake the hell up. Um, somebody please beat Green Bay, and somebody please beat Tom Brady. 
And I'm taking the Chiefs right, this Matt. weekend over the Broncos by like 10. All right. Uh, we got to get out of here, but thanks for uh, Washana Brooks coming in here from La Muerte. Thanks for uh, Mac coming in here. Uh, for the Opsin, Holly Custis, Nate Ward, and Mark Simone, we'll see you here for 407. Have a great football weekend, everybody. And don't forget, College Football Championship, Alabama, Georgia. We'll see you, catch you here next week. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.